Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Brooke Volk, your host and assistant writer to Ken Vernon, the inspired author of the ebook Revelation of Revelation, A Total Fraud. And again, what you're about to hear on this episode has never been revealed before now in this audio format. We want you to listen in now as we introduce the program's topic on this one-of-a-kind program where it is the scripture that is speaking the truth through the in-depth scripture studies of Ken Vernon. Revelationofrevelation.com If you were by your computers now, you would be able to go to revelationofrevelation.com. You would see on the home page, of course, the book offering that you can purchase a soft cover book or an ebook of one of your favorite bookstores such as Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. But you'll notice the blog tab. If you click on that tab, you'll be able to follow along with a posted article by Mr. Vernon on the blog just today about this evening's program. And now, Ken Vernon. Good evening, Ken. Good evening, Brooke. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for those who are joining us on their computers tonight. Uh, there's no one on the telephone besides broken eyes, so that's all right, too. Not a problem. I should begin by reminding all our guests tonight that one of the things or the main thrust of this program is to bring you always the truth. We bring you the truth from the Scriptures so that you can have those scriptures for reference and whatever we whatever program we bring you those programs will never change they are as solid as the scriptures which are presented along with them just as we began when we began with the revelation of revelation we brought you scriptures showing you that the book of revelation is a total fraud. Currently, we have two programs at that website, Christianity from Rome, Part 1 and Part 2. And if you study those two programs and you go to the first chapter of the book of Revelation, you will discover almost instantaneously that the book of Revelation is a total fraud. Having said that, for those who might be with us tonight for the first time, 
Let me now bring you tonight's program, which is entitled, I Pray Not for the World, Said the Messiah. That might come as a, a jolting surprise to many, but that, in fact, is precisely what your Bible says in the Gospel of John, chapter 17 and verse 9. And that's where I will begin tonight's program. 17 and verse 9. I pray for them, meaning his disciples. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine speaking to the Father, who gave them these, gave him these disciples, and he is now praying for them as he's about to undergo his crucifixion and very shortly thereafter leave them here on this earth while he departed for the heavenly place from which he came. Now, let me continue. That passage is taken from the Messiah's prayer. The night after celebrating the Passover Seder with his disciples before he was crucified. Now we must ask why he prayed only for his disciples. After all, the scriptures say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That seemingly apparent contradiction requires an answer from the Scriptures. He excludes the world, which he loves, and prays only for his disciples. You will never hear any minister bring you those Scriptures at any time from mainstream religion. Continuing, there is no contradiction in those scriptures. Only a misunderstanding based upon errors that were taught to us as children. If you are like myself, uh, you were probably, if you were in your youth, you probably never attended too many Sunday schools, but I did. And I learned Seventy or more years ago, in Sunday school, that, according to my King James, Jesus loves me. He loves all the little children of the world. Just think about that for a moment. As a child, I am told that someone loves me that I do not know. Did not have a clue who Jesus was. Anyway, I let that go since as a kid <laughs> I have knew, I had no such interest in finding out who that was. So now I must ask why he did not pray for the little children also. I am sure you might ask the very same question. Let us now look at the reason he did not pray for the world, nor 
the little children of the world. As impossible as that may sound, he did just that. He said, I pray, not for the world. During the same prayer, he prayed in the following manner. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Speaking of his disciples, who must be in possession, must have knowledge of the truth in order to be sanctified. In verse 20, he continued that prayer as false. Neither pray I for those alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. We learn also from that prayer that all believers or disciples must possess the truth for their sanctification. Then and now, no difference. Little children cannot learn the truth. By reading the scriptures themselves, they can only be taught the truth by adults. The scriptures make that abundantly clear, and if you are shocked, don't be. Here is the reason why. Isaiah 28, and beginning verse 9, we read, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Scripture continues, Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Clearly, little children cannot be in possession of the truth of and by themselves. All the children of the disciples or the believers are sanctified by the believing parent or parents. If you are called to be among the first fruits, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. That passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 14. So we know that children come under the sanctification of their parents. And that is how they are sanctified without personally having knowledge of the truth by reading the scriptures. Now, here's another scripture to bring that all home from the book of Acts. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That comes from Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. The remainder of the people in the world continue to live under the veil spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 25 and verse 7. And here is what we find there. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all the people and the veil that is spread over all nations. That veil is only taken away from those who turn to the Messiah, and one can only turn to the Messiah 
when one is called. From 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12 through 16 is the best place for me to show you from the scriptures exactly what it says. 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and the door was opened unto me, oh, wrong scripture. Let's go with 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in a word which any man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, but they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritual discerned. He continues in in John sixty in in Corinthians there. 2 Corinthians 2, once more, I go back to that scripture, bear with me a moment, I turn the pages here, and verses 12, yep, wrong scripture, that must then be, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, pardon my movements here that are a little bit slow, it says, speaking of the family, as I mentioned previously, the one believer sanctifies the other and or the children. It says, 1 Corinthians 2 there, he says, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. Again, we see the sanctification comes through the parents. Let me continue. <clears throat> That is the only way the veil that is cast over all the nations is removed. And that veil cannot be removed until one turns to the Messiah. And in order for us to turn to the Messiah, the Father has to call us. In John 6:44, he tells us that no man can come to him unless the Father who sent him draws them, and he will raise them up in the last day. 
In the Gospel of John, we are told that the world cannot receive the spirit of truth. As I showed you in the scriptures there, the world knows only the things of the world, never the things of the spirit. In John fourteen seventeen, which I will read for you as soon as I get there, John 14, 17, oh, that's not a good sign. John 14, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But he know him, but we know him. For he dwelleth with you, and shall be with you. And John 16, once again, I'll bring you another scripture that proves that you must possess the Holy Spirit in order to learn the truth. The world, which he did not pray for, cannot learn the truth. Here is that scripture. John 16 and verse 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. In other words, the Spirit of truth reveals to the believer events of the future. Events that can only be known by the people for whom he prayed, who must possess his Holy Spirit in order to receive the truth. There are many other passages in in your New Testament. For example, you may have heard of them in the past, where it says, Confess with your tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you shall be saved. It is found in several places in your New Testament. Those words are false. There is nothing anyone can do in order to be saved. One cannot even worship the Father in spirit and in truth unless the Father first calls us. If you turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 4, the woman at the well in Samaria, I will read that for you so that you see that you must first be called in order for anything whatsoever to happen. Salvation is not available to the world at this time. It is only to the first fruits. In John, in First uh, Corinthians 15, we are told Messiah, the first fruit of those that slept, and then those that are his at his coming. This is a time when only the first fruits are being called. The reason he did not pray for the world is because the world is not now being called. It's as simple as that. That does not mean that the world is lost or saved. There are multiple billions that in the end will be saved. The world simply does not know it because they do not have the Spirit. 
Here in John chapter 4, Messiah said to the woman at the well, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And there you have the total picture, right from the pages of your Bible, showing very clearly that unless the Father calls you, you cannot come to him. You cannot come to the Messiah. You cannot even worship him in spirit and in truth because he seeks those, in verse 23, who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And that is the explanation why Messiah did not pray for the world and he purposely excluded he made mention of that fact that he is praying only for those who were given to him. And in the book of Acts, we learn that that, that calling is for, was for and is for not only the people who were being called in the first century, but all the way to the people here, here and now, who get the message of truth. Only with the message of truth can you become a member of the first fruits and being among the first fruits who become one with the Messiah and his Father, which we learn also from John chapter 17. And on that note, I'll go back to Brooke. Thank you, Ken. An interesting program and episode here on TalkShoe, a format that goes around the globe. And anyone has access to the computer and the technology age today can listen to these archived programs at TalkShoe.com. And you're listening to this voice right now on this format. And I do want to say in regards to tonight's program There are millions and billions uh, down through the ages who have heard a gospel in one shape, form, or another that have been the traditions of men. There have been holidays kept in the spirit of fun and gift-giving and fuzzy bunnies and a lot of different ways that we keep the good thoughts. The heavens have been preached and so have the hells. Yet, when you listen to this program, you're not listening to a worldwide, grandiose, religious program. You're listening to humble folk who brings you the truth like it's never probably been heard before. We can't vouch for that because we don't have any knowledge in our searching that anybody in this global world is teaching or talking about the truth based on scriptures, not on our words. And it's amazing of all the interpretations throughout the millennia, the book has been set in type styles that are the most easiest to read according to the language professors of fonts. You have the Times New Roman font, 
supposed to be the easiest on the eyes. Well, the easiest truth in frauding the Holy Scriptures, no matter what font it is in, it is error. The interpretations of the various scriptures interpretators down through the ages have chosen to make it simpler for us. Instead of the these and the thous, they want to bring it to us in a language we're familiar with, even to the point where you have some modern-day slang used to get the messages. And I can only speak for just a very few uh, scriptures that are... (laughs) that I've read and uh, the different translations that I've read, but there are thousands of interpretations. There are many works of men out there, though this is not a work of man here. It is a holy scriptures. It is based on the spirit, as you hear Ken say often, and now the first fruits is something that you'll be more and more comfortable in hearing if you've listened to our archive programs. Just what are the first fruits? Well, anything that is organized, of course, the Creator certainly had his organization in place, and he knew, or she, we do it genderly so that the audience can associate. And whatever it is we think about, but they have an organization. Let's call it a corporation of first fruits. These are learners of the truth, and then they are to go out and, of course, help in spreading the truth. Now, for Ken and I, we often say these are not our words, these are the scriptures, and we're just using our voices and intellect to convey to you. We're not a massive work. We are very, very tiny, probably tinier than the tiniest mustard seed. Over the years, we've grown to a point through various ways of the published print, the talk show format, the e-books. It's amazing what can be done in an economical way. However, whenever you have a question and it's in between programs, you don't have a chance to call in. We understand that. So it is those thousands of you who have tapped into the website, revelationofrevelation.com, that read it in your private hour We only have so many seconds to grab your attention, and the iconic beauty of the presentation of the first page and its richness, it is not the one thing that's going to grab your attention. It's the words. So revelation of revelation, a total fraud, is an attention getter, but it is not for falsely advertising something that... uh, you don't have an answer to within the pages of the book. You are getting the answers for those who purchased the book and also the e-book availability. Thank you. We gave that book away in the beginning, and now it is a paid-for but a very economical amount. And because the publisher requests that we can no longer give it away, of course, and so we guide you to the web pages of the Revelation of Revelation. There are questions we all have, but I find another reason that people don't ask questions. They already think they have the answers. They're in a comfort zone. They may not be calling upon uh, the question part of their 
reasoning whenever hell is mentioned and we say that there is no hell mentioned in the Bible other than the type of hell that you realize is hell and damnation that the preachers like to preach. And if there is no place such as that, then where all do all the bad people go? Well, these are common questions. You're telling me that I'm 67 years old and you just tuned in or picked up a book and you're telling me that there is no hell. What if we mention that there is no heaven where man has entered at this time? I know, that's pretty blazing, isn't it? It's You mean all my loved ones is not up in the clouds and setting it with the right hand? These are all questions that we have, and they're very legitimate ones, and it's a comfort zone that we grew up with, and how dare we say any different? We aren't. It is the scriptures who are, or they are explaining this through Ken Vernon. And we call him one of a kind until we can find someone else who comes forward and says, I know someone else who talks like you talk and reads like your words read scripturally based. We'd love to hear from you. And that can easily be done directly by the Revelation of Revelation dot com website and click on the contact. You can read about the author. There's a link there. And his website which we'll have Mr. Vernon give you in just a moment. But we do want to thank you for your attentive tuning in to our archived versions. And that is available at any time on TalkShoe right here. All right, back to you, Ken, before we say goodnight for this episode of Revelation of Revelation. Okay, just a reminder for anyone who has questions, as Brooke mentioned, other than at the time of our program presentation, or if you go even to the archive programs. I can always be reached, as Brooke mentioned, from the website, the revelationofrevelation.com. Not the revelation, but revelation of revelation dot com. Sorry, and you can also reach me personally if you prefer to do that from or at vergetti at aol dot com. That is vergetti spelled with a v e r g e d i at aol dot com, and you can ask any question. You can. We will direct you to articles that are at the website, which explains many of the questions that are being asked. We can also send you personally a document answering the question that you ask us from the scriptures, never from my opinion. We are not a church, as Brooke says, we are not some massive organization. We are very, very tiny. But we look forward to serving everyone who join us in our broadcast and or reading the articles that we have posted at revelationofrevelation.com. And on that note, I want to thank every, thank everyone again tonight and say good night. Good night, Ken. Thank you. You've been listening to Revelation of Revelation.com. Until our next episode, this is Brooke Bolt, assistant writer 
to Ken Vernon saying good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.